Upset Patterns listeners, welcome back after a much too long hiatus. I am your host, Will Compernal, and today we have a special topic with a most special guest. The topic today is the ethics of locavorism or buying local, how it fits into being an ethical consumer. My guest today is Carson Young, PhD candidate in business ethics at the University of Pennsylvania, who has written on this. And when Upset Patterns started, Back in 2009, it was as a blog, and Carson was a co-founder. So, Carson, thank you for coming on, and also, welcome home. Well, uh, Will, thanks so much for having me, and it's good to be back. Of course. Uh, so, before we go into any of this, this discussion, I want to clearly define what it means when we say local. I think there can be ambiguity um, amongst different crowds about what that means about buying local in terms of... Um, the, the distance of, of the good, how far you're going, and so how do you define it for the sake of this conversation? Yeah, um, so the, you're right, it can be defined in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of times in discourse on locavorism and buying local, it's, it's not clearly defined. You know, one way of understanding it is referred to as the food miles perspective. The food miles perspective looks at the distance between where given food item is grown or produced and where it's sold to the consumer. When it comes to buying local in all of the components that can go into anything, you know, there could be a thou- thousands of inputs and not everything could be 100% within X miles of, uh, of the consumer. And so if you have your local brewery down the street and all of the labor is local and all the magic that goes into it, etc., is local, except the barley is imported from a thousand miles away. Is that considered local or is the effort to buy local really just to maximize the, the localness of whatever goods you're consuming? It probably, whether or not that beer would be considered local would probably, you know, depend it, that would depend somewhat on whether uh, a given person was most concerned with, you know, the the distance between where the beer was produced and where they were buying the beer, in which case, in your example, it sounds like that would be local beer, or whether they were more concerned with the really where all of the inputs into the beer were coming from. Now, it seems, I think, kind of arbitrary to just care about the distance that the you know end product that you're buying travels and not the distance that the inputs into that product travel but my sense from looking you know having read a lot of uh text by locavores and spoken to a lot of locavores is that the emphasis does tend to be on the miles between uh where the uh, given uh, product was produced or grown and and where it was consumed. Obviously, it gets more complicated for things like beer, which have uh, several different ingredients in them relative to just produce or something. Is there a commonly accepted number of food miles that people use in the literature where it's, okay, you know, this is what buying local means? Is it 50 miles, 100 miles, or is it all up to interpretation of the consumer? It's very rarely specified. You know, I remember the co-op in the, uh, near the town where I grew up that had like a 100-mile radius 
challenge uh, back when I was in high school. The environmentalist Bill McKibben has a book called Deep Economy, which is an important locavore pro by local book where he spent he talks about a winter that or a, a year that he spends only buying food that is grown in the Champlain Valley in Vermont. But there but it's not like there's some kind of a consensus about to really qualify as buy local food has to be ten or fifty or a hundred or five hundred miles away. How do we pose the question about locavorism in the mindset of wanting to be ethical consumers. So uh, I've read some defenses of locavorism that argue that locavorism is ethically permissible in the sense of not something that is ethically wrong to do. And that is the position that they take to be the defense of locavorism. But I think, but that's not good enough. In order to provide an ethical justification for locavorism, an interesting ethical justification for locavorism, you have to, you have to show that there are ethical reasons to buy local, not just that it's something that is not wrong to do. In your in, so, in your comparison to the issue of abortion is uh, when people argue about the topic of abortion, it's whether it is ethically permissible. Not you know, very few people say, "Oh, it's actually ethically good." Uh, right. it, it's 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 whether it's permissible. But in the case of locavorism. Very few people would argue against it being permissible if people want to buy local. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone is arguing against anyone's right to do that. It's whether it is ethically good, like better than not buying local. Yeah, exactly. Right. So local. Uh, so uh, excuse me. Uh, abortion is an example of a topic where, like you said, and it, it is an interesting and controversial ethical position to try to justify that abortion is not wrong to do, that it's ethically permissible to do. That is different from locavorism, where I take it not to be a particularly interesting position to justify that it is ethically okay, ethically fine, ethically not wrong to be a locavore. Because pretty much nobody thinks that it's wrong to buy local food. The interesting question is whether there is some kind of an ethical requirement to make an effort to do it or uh, whether it's something that's ethically good to do. And so those are the kinds of positions that a successful justification locavorism would need to uh, establish. So I want to dig right into the most common justifications for why people try to buy local or why they think it makes them a more ethical consumer. Um, so the first one, which I think is the most common, is the idea that buying local is good for the environment. So what are the thoughts behind that? Yeah, so the main thought behind that is that it takes fuel, fuel to transport things, including food. And so if you can reduce the number of miles that your food is traveling, then that should reduce the environmental impact associated with the transportation of your food. But so how big of an impact is transportation use in the overall production of food? Yeah, so I think that this is the big weakness of the environmentalist case for buying local. And it's that the amount of overall greenhouse gas that it emitted in the course of the production and transportation of the food from where it's grown to the consumer is 
the proportion of that that uh, is expended transporting the food from where it's produced to the consumer is quite low. Um, so there's one paper by some researchers at Carnegie Mellon who attempt to estimate the greenhouse gas that is emitted at various stages of the of the pro of the process of producing and transporting food, and they find that only four percent of the greenhouse gas emissions for food in the U.S. comes from transport from the producer to the consumer. So how? Is transportation such a small part of the energy usage of food? Uh, when you think of the smelly big trucks going on any highway, and transportation is such a big contributor of greenhouse gases globally, with food production, why does it make such a small amount? And what is the energy that's actually being used in food production? Yeah, so the, the reason that transportation contributes a relatively small proportion of the overall greenhouse gases asso uh, associated with uh, the life cycle emissions for food is that an, a, a large majority of the greenhouse gas emissions associated with food come from food production. And so, uh, I mean, that can come from a variety of factors that 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 would be uh, the fuel that's burned by the equipment that's used to, uh, to tend to and to cr harvest crops, any energy uh, that goes into getting uh, inputs to the production process to the field or producing those things. So an, another significant source of uh, carb, greenhouse gas emissions from the production of food is in, is, has to do with fertilizers. Uh, so for example, uh, nitrogen fertilizer is widely used in agriculture and it emits nitrous oxide, which is a greenhouse gas. If we're talking about livestock rather than produce, uh, cows famously emit a lot of methane as part of part of their digestive process farts and is so, what you're saying yes precisely yeah exactly i think also uh manure management can uh you know th th there are better and worse ways to manage manure from the perspective of greenhouse gas emissions so you know i guess poop and poop emissions rather than just farts narrowly construed but um, it, it's, it's interesting then if that is where most of the energy use in production comes from because you got to think, um, you know, there is a reason why all else, you know, if, if, you, if you're not thinking about the location, we get kiwis from New Zealand, we get strawberries from Mexico, it's because naturally that is the most kind of the easiest and efficient place to grow them. And so if you are buying something local that otherwise is cheaper uh, from elsewhere, that means that it's probably harder to grow it and harder to... Uh, basically make it to, to cultivate it there and so if you need to use more fertilizer or use more water because you insist on your strawberries uh, being local instead of in Mexico then that energy of course is going to obviously overcome any savings you have from the small transportation energy usage. Yeah that's probably true I mean a good example of that would be hothouse tomatoes in cold climates you can um, extend the growing season by by a bit by growing tomatoes in heated greenhouses, and so maybe you can get local tomatoes, but if they require heating 
in order for the temperature in the greenhouse to be one that is hospitable for tomato production, then that you it's you know you pretty straightforward how that could swamp whatever greenhouse gas reduction would be associated with transporting those tomatoes from a shorter distance. I've got to think that even you know according to that Carnegie Mellon study, if only eleven percent, if if I have my uh, number correctly, 11% of energy spent in a food's life cycle is on transportation. Um, overall, could there be, yeah. there's, there's got to be a, a bunch of stuff where transportation is a, a huge thing, or maybe buying local for these particular, this particular produce actually makes a big difference. Uh, yeah. So th- th- in that study, they actually break down different kinds of foods and whether transportation plays a, uh, contributes to a larger proportion of the greenhouse gases emitted with those foods um, versus others. So, for example, for meat, transportation is a relatively small overall contributor to the greenhouse gases emitted in the in the in the meat life cycle just because most kinds of meat production especially beef emits so much greenhouse gas uh in the non-transportation parts of that process so yes it 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 does depend on on which kind of food somewhat although for a given you know piece of food that you see in the supermarket i don't know how much you can really know about uh, how much of the emissions associated with that piece of food life cycle come from transportation? And, and if if the idea is to be an ethical consumer, um, as far as environmental concerns go, if information is so hard to come by about the effectiveness of the food miles reduced of each little thing that you buy individually, there are probably better ways to sort of target your consumer habits uh, that would benefit the environment. Yeah, I think that is that is definitely true. So um, I forget if you mentioned this in your introduction, but you know, basically the position that I defend about buying local is that it's it is not something that enjo- that we have particularly strong ethical reason to do, or probably any particular ethical reason to do at all. And one of the reasons for that is whatever. So for suppose you care about the environment. If you care, then the question is, if, if you care about the, the environment, what sorts of actions should you take in order to protect the environment and promote environmental causes? Is, should buying local be one of those, one of those actions that you take or not? And I think that in the case of buying local and its environmental impacts, the answer is not. Uh, so shifting less than one uh, day per week of consumption from red meat to chicken or fish or eggs achieves more greenhouse gas reduction than if you buy only food from zero miles away from you. If you somehow were to eliminate all of the transportation miles between where your food is produced and where you buy it. And so that indicates that really the food miles is just kind of a blip on the overall uh, environmental impacts of various actions that the typical person takes. So you mentioned earlier about the idea of economies of scale and shipping. And so a truck just full of, of goods packed really tight is actually using 
fuel fairly efficiently compared to someone who is carrying a bushel of tomatoes uh, in their, and, and it's just the driver driving in their sedan. You know, they're not really capitalizing on all of the space that they could. And so there is not only the production to market uh, energy consumption transportation, but also the energy consumption of home to market and back. And so is that a significant contributor in this whole discussion? Like when I go to the supermarket, uh, how does that compare to the the food miles? So often the the least green food miles that a product travels uh, are the ones in the car from the supermarket to the consumer's home. Because whereas you might have a truck that's loaded up with you know, thousands of crates of blueberries or something. If each of those crates of blueberries is bought by a consumer that then travels 10 miles in an SUV between the supermarket and their home, then, you know, you could have significant amounts of greenhouse gas emitted on the retailer to home part of the product's life cycle relative to the greenhouse gases emitted transporting from the producer to the retailer. And going back to the previous discussion about kind of setting the priorities of what is the best thing to do to be an ethical consumer, like if the food miles is really just a blip compared to everything else, then a higher priority should be resolutions, you know, in addition to um, eating meat, let's say one fewer time per week, it would be to reduce trips to the store. Yeah, or maybe prioritize living somewhere where you 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 can walk to to or or ride a bike uh, to to go buy your food. Of course, then there's the question of whether you're just like displacing somebody else who would be doing that anyway. Um, these things get complicated, but yeah, I think for sure if you if if you care about the environment, um, like one way that you can make a big impact through your food consumption choices is by eating less meat. And then another way, I mean, is like you mentioned, yeah, reducing trips to the store. I mean, really reducing or economizing on transportation in general might be a better way to think about that. Uh, it's it's not clear why it makes it makes sense to think about transportation, but uh, definitely, you know, I think a, a lot of people who put a fair amount of effort into, or at least some effort, into reducing food miles completely swamp whatever marginal contribution they might make to the environment through that by taking an airplane to go get visit family or for a business trip or something. In addition to the environmental arguments that people sort of bum bundle into locavorism as being an ethical consumer, uh, another strong aspect of it is the communitarian arguments or this idea uh, that by buying local you're fostering a community and communities are very important to human well-being. You know, there is this growing tendency in modern life where we've isolated ourselves. You can order everything on Amazon. You don't even have to greet the delivery guy at your door. You stream videos on your TV and uh, I don't know, there, there is like a growing sense of, I think, isolation that is a very valid point. Um, and so if you buy local rather than buying on Amazon or buying from the big box, are you stopping the world from kind of just becoming these graveyards of, uh, 
of houses where people don't engage in commercial activity. Because I think face-to-face interaction, um, commerce is a big part of that. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that those sorts of worries about modern life with technology and with uh, companies like Amazon um, undermining community and social interaction are pretty well founded. I think that it's worth thinking about what we can do to, to combat some of the negative effects of those. One one issue with buying local being a way to fight back against uh, social isolation and the decline of communities in modern life is that, well, first of all, the, the food miles kind of thinking just seems irrelevant for this. Um, so if I, what's important is in order to get some kind of a, you know, potential social relationship or foster some kind of community atmosphere from a commercial transaction is that the commercial transaction involves a face-to-face interaction. Um, But it doesn't matter whether the products that are being purchased in that interaction are purchased from nearby or far away. A a farmer's market, for example, uh, you can talk to people about their produce. You can have these repeated interactions. And you don't really do that when you go to uh, your typical grocery store. I don't think we can talk to the cashier or the stock guy uh, about you know those those great kale leaves uh, and the story behind them. So isn't isn't there something to be said about you know um, the 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 localness of, of farmers markets or of, of that meaningful interaction? Well, I think there's something to be said about the interaction, and there's something to be said about farmers markets. I like farmers markets, and one of the reasons that I like them is because, yeah, you get to know the people that you're buying the products from. I think this is actually a bit U.S. specific. In in the U.S., we have this, well, we call them farmers markets, and the idea, I guess, is that it's the farmers themselves that are coming and um, and selling their wares. So inevitably, it's going to be con- somewhat constructed it's going to be constrained to uh, local producers. But uh, so I, I lived in France for a while. They have a lot of markets over there, but they're different generally from the farmer's markets that we have. There you have, you have people who come each week and set up stalls and sell you know, fruits and vegetables and meat and fish, but there's not the farmer's component of it. They, they buy these... Uh, products from um, from intermediaries, or maybe sometimes from the farmers directly. I'm not sure, but they're certainly not growing them themselves, and the products are not local. You know, I would buy, I would, I would go to this Paris market and buy um, clementines that were grown in Algeria, for example. And you still get exactly the same kinds of social benefits and community benefits from a market like that as you do from a U.S. style uh, local or farmer's market. Another proxy that people have for being an ethical consumer when they buy local is the idea of supporting small businesses rather than the, the faceless corporation. You support the mom and shop, mom and pop shop down the street rather than Amazon or Walmart. Isn't buying local a step in the right direction if that's your goal? It's if you if what you really care about is supporting small businesses, I guess it's just not clear to me what the buy local part adds to it. 
you know, if you care about supporting small businesses, then you should buy from small businesses. What it seems to me, it, it's not really clear to me why the whether a business is local to you would matter. So you live in New York. Uh, suppose that you find some small business that you really like, and you think that they, you know, have integrity and conduct their business ethically and treat their employees well, and you know, give their customers a a good value and good service. Um, and then you move to San Francisco, so they're no longer not longer local to you. Should you stop buying from them? Assuming that you know this is a case where it would be practical to keep buying for that from them, uh, it's it's not really clear to me why you should. And if what you really care about is supporting small businesses, uh, I guess it's just not clear to me what placing some weight on the local adds to that. And so this then wraps up all of the ideas that the promoting or fostering a community or the environmental concerns, supporting small businesses, are kind of distinct lines of thought from localism and buying local could be kind of a, a poor proxy for those concerns. And so you can make arguments that yes, it is important to foster a community or to be conscientious of your environmental footprint or to support small businesses, but the local aspect of it is a, a misguided uh, aspect of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that that's basically right. So you have you have something. So I, I distinguish between buying local and the locavore movement. So you have locavorism, which is which has a variety of commitments. I mean, there's local right in the name. So it, most locavores pl place some degree of importance on on buying local, but they tend to care about the environment. Um, they care about supporting small business. They care about resisting industrialized agriculture. They care about, you know, promoting communities, um, maybe spreading knowledge about, about like, about traditional farming methods. I guess the question is, if you care about those things, does it make sense to favor local foods in your purchasing decisions um is that a like a good proxy for those other concerns environmental community small business and i think the answer is generally no so if all of the things that we've talked about uh, previously are proxies for being an ethical consumer there are also the economic arguments that kind of are in themselves ethical yeah sure so yeah the reason that i would distinguish the economic argument for buying local from these other ones that we've been talking about is is because for these other things it's not the the buy local per se that is intimately connected to the value uh that it is purported to promote um, but there's just sort of a correlation going on. I don't think that the economic arguments for buying local are successful either. And there, there are several different problems with them. I think one is that, so it seems intuitive that, of course, if you target your spending if in, in your local economy, uh, rather than buying things from outside, then it's going to benefit your local economy. And that if everybody in your local region does that, then your local economy will be better off. But then there's the question about what do we mean by the economy being better off? What's an economy supposed to do? Is that a rhetorical question or would you like me to answer? If you have an answer to it, I'd be... I, well, I, I, I guess it's it. meant to improve 
the well-being of the individuals living in it and an economy is sort of a facilitator, a coordinator of the resources. Um, and so money is a representation of what you can buy or what is produced. Uh, it's, you know, it's an intermediary, it's a storage of account. Sure. Yeah. So, so right. What you said, what, one of the things that economy is supposed to do is to get people products that they want, um, and get people more of the products that they want. And so it's easy to think in isolation, of course, if people spent their dollars on local products rather than products from far, far away, then our economy would be better off because uh, more jobs and more economic output. But then you also have to look at how the consumers who are targeting more of their money towards local products would be affected by giving the distance away that something was produced weight in their dis decisions about what to buy. So if suppose that suppose that you you take a case where people just buy whatever they want the most and don't pay attention to where it was produced, and then um, you have everybody adopt you know some slight weight in favor of local products in their purchasing decisions. So that's going to result in them buying different things than what they bought before, and unless they were being irrational before for some no good reason favoring non-local products over local products such that giving weight to local products and their purchasing decisions corrects for some anti-local bias and results in them having things that they want more. So unless that's the case, then um, ordinarily you would expect that if people start including the distance away that products were produced in addition to considerations like price and quality, that they're going to end up with a basket of goods that they prefer slightly less. Because if the local aspect the was not taken into account, they would prefer the stuff far away. And so kind of by revealed preference, they are only buying this local good because it is local. Well, I mean, the whole point of buying local is to buy the good because it is local. I mean, here's, here's one rule that you could adopt for your purchasing decisions. Buy what will please me the most, uh, given how much it costs. Um, and then, of course, you would presumably you would buy a mix of things. You know, most so, sometimes really the thing that you want most is the local product. And obviously, if that's the case, then unless you have some reason to the contrary, you should buy it. Um, to be clear, the position that I am defending here uh, is not that you shouldn't buy local products, but just that local products don't reserve, deserve some kind of greater weight in your purchasing decisions merely due to the fact that they're local. Um, and so when you're thinking about the economic effects uh, that buying local would have on a region's economy. I think it's just important to con consider not only the jobs and economic output that would be created by, uh, by that region's consumers buying more local products, but also you have to look at the other side of the ledger, which is how that favoring of local products would affect the consumer's well-being. And I think one way to illustrate this, uh, because it's really easy to think about money as the only out output of value or something uh, in our consumption is if I only bought, let's say, local music and I spend $10 on a CD no matter what. And if, so if I buy only bands from New York, okay, which might be a bad example. Let's say I, only, I lived in Wyoming and I only bought local music. 
I was going to spend $10 there. I was going to spend $10 buying a Beatles CD. The $10 to, let's say, Dick Cheney's family band, because I don't know anyone else from Wyoming, would maybe stay in my local economy. But of course, by listening to them instead of the Beatles, there is a marked decrease in consumer well-being. And so just paying attention to the dollar figures that of all those, you know, of, of any analysis of this, um, it neglects to take into account that the basically the, uh, the the well-being of our goods in consumption is what matters most. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not even I, it's not even that the well-being is the only thing that matters. I think that other things matter too, um, including some of the things that locavores care about, like environmental concerns. But uh, but certainly, insofar as you're evaluating the economic effects of a given practice, like buying local, effects on consumer well-being will be relevant to them. And many of the pro-buy-local arg- economic arguments just just ignore those. Don't you think um, there is a, a genuine concern that people go to their big box retailer out of habit? Um, and they might not consider local goods, and so a conscientious effort to switch. Like maybe they act. Maybe I would prefer the the Cheney Family Band over the Beatles. Uh, I'm just not giving it a chance. Um, you know, I am consistently amazed by people who live in big cities with tons of fun, interesting coffee shops, but they always go to the Starbucks. Maybe out of habit, comfort, complacency, whatever. And so, you know, before you were saying that people would have to be irrational. Uh, to be favoring the distant food over the local, or sorry, they would be irrational to be purchasing the distant food over the local if actually they prefer the local. But, you know, you, you could say that that's the case, is that they just haven't tried it out and they could be, you know, they could be pleasantly surprised if they shifted to local consumption. I certainly think that's possible. Yeah. Um, right. So I don't think that Right. The idea was that the only way that prioritizing the local in your purchasing decisions will improve the well-being that you get from the products you buy is if you were behaving irrationally beforehand. And I think maybe in some cases that is true. You know, I think uh, probably a lot of us, you know, I, I, I had this experience a little bit out of college. You know, I was the first few years out of college. Uh, I wasn't ma- making very much money. So I was buying the cheapest things I could find, and usually those were things from a supermarket. Um, and so I didn't really look at, you know, smaller co-ops or uh, farmers markets as sources of food. And now, uh, gradually, because business school PhD stipends pay more than what I was making before. And because I have a wife who has a real job, um, I'm more willing to, uh, to buy things from farmer's markets and from your more yuppie boutique food shops. And I have slowly realized, wow, some of the things from these places are really good. And I was definitely missing out when I was um, kind of stuck in my old habits of only buying things from the supermarket. So, uh, you know, to, to maybe an even better example than the Dick Cheney family band would be tomatoes. Those tend to be like the ultimate locavore product because some kinds of heirloom tomatoes, you just can't uh, transport very far. And so just about the only place that you can get them is from farmer's markets. And I think it's absolutely the case that if you don't 
ever think to go buy those, you might be you're you're missing out on a really great product, and it might well be worth it to you to go to the farmers market and to buy those tomatoes and you know also the other vegetables and the local cheeses. Excuse me, in the apples and and uh, and all of the great things that you can get at farmers markets. But I don't. But I don't think that this anti-local bias is likely to be so widespread that consumers in general would benefit from you know adopting some kind of a general priority for local products in their decisions about what what food to buy. One of the biggest hesitations I've had about this idea of supporting a local economy is, especially when it comes down to, is it ethically good? I think most people would say it's ethically permissible to, let's say, support um, a business owned by a family member. But is it ethically good to favor those in your local neighborhood over someone from another region? Yeah, well, so I think, I mean, a lot of people are drawn to that kind of thinking. You know, it's not exactly the same as nationalism, the idea that we should favor people from our country uh, in certain ways over people who are not citizens of our country. But it does have some similar sort of threads running through it. And I think, you know, in a way, this kind of idea is, is intuitive um, and it's common, I think, for, you know, state governments to prioritize creating local jobs in their contract, for example, rather than creating jobs for people who don't live in the state. Having some degree of partiality to those who are nearer to you or who are more like you in some way is pretty common. Now, the question is, is it, is it ethically good? Um, and that's probably a hard question to answer in a very general sense. You can, th- I think we can think of examples where it seems like a lack of partiality might be ethically problematic. So you as a parent, I think a lot, a lot of people would think that you're doing something wrong if you treated every child exactly equally to how you treated your child. And so you, you, know, you would only buy something for your child if you could provide it to every child. Uh, which would, of course, result in you neglecting your own child. It seems like sometimes, uh, at least arguably, uh, ethics really does require us being partial to certain people in certain ways. Now, the question is, do we have good reason to think that the ethical thing to do in our purchasing decisions is to favor the people who are near us over the people who are further away from us? And that I think is, it's not clear that that is something that is ethically good to do. But I do think it's in order for the economic argument for locavorism to go through, you do have to think something like that. Big picture overall, if one, as you do, thinks that locavorism is a, is a, poor, a poor proxy or a, 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 a misguided effort at being an ethical consumer, what do you think are the the good, the most impactful ways uh, to be an ethical consumer? Yeah, I mean that. So that's a big question, and it depends a lot on a given person's ethical values, of course. But from my perspective, and we've already touched on this a little bit, but one one thing, one pretty good thing to do, if you want to be a more ethical consumer, is to 
eat less meat and pay attention to where your meat is coming from. And there are a lot of different kinds of ethical reasons to do that. There are environmental reasons, which we talked about earlier. Then there are also just animal welfare concerns. A lot of animals that we consume um, are treated quite badly and have miserable lives. And it's probably wrong. And I do say that as somebody who is right now uh, on a vacation on the Georgia coast and has been taking advantage of the local barbecue in the last few days. I'm certainly not perfect on this myself, but I do think that, you know, I, I have made some efforts to reduce the amount of meat that I eat. And so I think even marginal changes in the amount of meat that you eat and in the how well the sources of your meat treat uh, their animals um, can make a, a a pretty big impact relative to relative to other sorts of factors that you might consider in trying to be a more ethical consumer. Carson Young, thank you for coming on the program. Thanks very much for having me, Will. I enjoyed it. This episode of Upset Patterns was hosted by Will Comperl and recorded at Radio Free Jerome Studios in New York, New York. My guest today was Carson Young of the University of Pennsylvania. To continue on with the conversation, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com upsetpatterns or email us at upsetpatterns at gmail.com.